Welcome back to another episode of the Same Shade of Difference podcast. It's been a while, so uh, I thought I'd catch everybody up on what we've been doing. Uh, we have been doing nothing. We kind of uh, uh, quit recording in uh, during the COVID days, and then uh, my partner in crime, John, is, uh, as we like to say, he's on assignment, which means uh, he got a better job, and so he's focusing on that job. He may uh, roll in and out of some of these future podcast episodes, but for now, we're going to continue to have uh, guests. We have some uh, repeat guests uh, already lined up. We've got some new guests lined up, and we'll continue to talk about uh, tech and how we use tech or, or things like that. We'll talk about social issues. We'll talk about travel. Uh, we'll occasionally talk about uh, uh, podcast and uh and other types of things, and uh, really just whatever we want to talk about. Uh, you may have noticed that, uh, in, as we get into this one, that we're not telling what beer we're drinking. Uh, it's because of the age of my guest in this one. So, uh, so he's not drinking anything, and I am having a Diet Coke. So um, we, uh, we have Colby Faulkner with us. Hey. <laughs> Colby, uh, why, don't you, why don't you give us uh, give us a little background? Who are you? Yeah, so my name is Colby Faulkner. I uh, graduated from Grant County High School last year, um, and I'm, I'm on my way to become a freshman at U of L. I'm gonna be majoring in chemical engineering. Um, not sure what I'm gonna do after that. I think I'm leaning towards <clears throat> some of the more natural stuff like medicine, agriculture. Uh, psychology maybe um i like the new uh, stuff going on with like the psychedelics uh revolution like it was big in the 60s but now it's really coming back with the help of some well-known scholars so it'll it'll take off like that so i'm i'm really interested in doing that sort of thing cool cool yeah. Great to have you on. I know we talked about before we get in. We're going to talk about uh, you. Uh, you did some traveling, yeah, and uh, you have some traveling coming up. So yeah. I thought uh, sure this would be a good travel episode. Uh, uh, finally, uh, we can travel again. But uh, you know, you talked about the psychedelics, and I know we talked about uh, Tim Ferriss and his podcast and. And some of the folks he had on. Were you ever able to chase any of those? I didn't. Down? I didn't really. Um, I, of course, we talked a little bit about Michael Pollan. Yeah. Because he's like the the big name in right. the movement right now. But um, I've just been sort of following him. I haven't gotten to watch the the new Netflix <clears throat> documentary that they just put out, How to Change Your Mind. Right. Uh, but other than that, I haven't really. Checked uh, him out. Highly recommend Tim Ferriss in that uh, I know we talked about it, and while you're on your first podcast, you prefer to visually watch your stuff yeah. and not uh, listen to podcasts, <laughs> but I got you because Tim records the video of his on YouTube there so you can watch his, uh, his. But he has uh, – so, so, so Tim does a lot of cool stuff, and one of the things I would call it is biohacking, oh. which is really what kind of you're talking about. Yeah. And, and so how do you improve life? How do you – you, um, Expand you, a little bit. Yeah, and, and Tim does a really good – Tim and his guests do a really good job of tracking those those things down, and uh, 
I don't listen to every episode. Some of them are, uh, I'm pretty open-minded. Some of them are pretty far out there for me. Right. <laughs> but uh, but I listen to as many as, as I can, and you can watch them. So. Yeah. For sure. So let's talk about your uh, your travels. So so you, you graduated from high school. You got a window before uh, college starts at the University of Louisville. And so uh, you decide to uh, do some travel. Yeah. And the first one is uh, it's a pretty substantial road trip. Yeah. So mom and I took, a, took our car out west and we started through Indiana, through Illinois. The whole goal was to just kind of see stuff we kind of had a rough outline but it changed even before we started the trip and it continued to change while we were on the trip so so who did most of the trip planning was that you it or was, was that her it was pretty 50 50 i feel okay. like um she kind of went out um and found stuff to do like destinations i was more focused on how to get there so um your mom's an educator so right so that seems to be a natural thing for her to, right. to to track that stuff down so when i was still at cracker barrel waiting tables we got the the employee discount so there was a road atlas the rand mcnally road atlas and i got through the discount and everything and i got it for like eight bucks so i was like okay that's a steal because on amazon they're like 13 or 14 i think so i took that and of course put it to good use um i'm a big map guy anyway so we uh we sat down, she picked out destinations, and I was like, oh, there's a scenic route here. We can take this state highway this way. Of course, it didn't work out like that because we didn't have enough time because, yes, those are scenic routes. Uh, so we had to take the interstate a little bit, but it was really neat. Uh, it was really, really cool. We saw a lot of different stuff. It was uh, – So let's yeah. let's look at so, – so the road atlas. So Oh, yeah. So was that – the primary way you navigated instead of that was my primary way mom got on her phone for gps a little bit but i was like she's cheating like we have we have a map right here we have our gps right here so i, I find it interesting um you um and and so i should say that uh we are a vastly different uh generations you and i right. are <laughs> but uh but we talk all the time via text and we trade cool things found back and forth. And, and I think we both enjoy seeing what, what each other sends. Um, I am 90% a digital guy. In, in fact, I almost don't get in my car now without starting ways because there are so many construction projects going on that I end up getting caught um, we recently got stuck on the interstate out here 10 miles from home for four hours coming back from seeing Top Gun because of a, a wreck and there was no way Yikes. there was no way to get off yeah. the, the roads. But I still find if I don't know where I'm going, I like that big map, not the phone map. And, and my, the way I do it, I either have to have the Atlas or I have to have my large iPad Pro so that I can see that big view to say, hey, yeah. maybe we want to go down the road here and, and take a ride at Sioux Falls and go this way. And you cannot see that on the little iPhone map. Right. So so is that how you choose paper over yeah, uh, I like electronics? I, the Atlas, I'm sort of weird. Like I had a I had a map of the western half of the United States, but I bought the road atlas instead, and you can just see that in the atlas. But 
I don't like to mark in books. Like, that's just a mental thing. I know some people are just like, yeah, I annotate books. I'm like, no, you can't do that. Um, so I have the, the Atlas, but then I bought a separate map. I collected state maps as we went along the way. Okay. So each state, I collected a new map just to do it. Now, did you get those at rest stops? Yep. Yep. And uh, either that or gas stations. Um, <clears throat> so I would make notes on the on the maps that we got at the rest areas, not the Atlas, but it, I just like doing it that way. Um, it's physical. I like the physical feel of it, like a book, mm-hmm. call it a dead tree book, but, but yeah, I, I like the physical feel of it. It just kind of, I don't know, like you see where you're going a little bit more, I feel like, because of course when you use Waze or Apple Maps, which is what we usually use, is... You only see like the little short segment of road. And I'm like, I want to see what's coming a little bit more. Absolutely. And so I will use an Atlas or or pop out my iPad Pro right. uh, as well. So um, it, it we'll just we'll just keep going. But but I, I think it's fun to see that that you're the young person. <laughs> I'm, I'm the old gray person. And um I have my laptop here and my phone, and I just don't have my iPad Pro because all this gear was too heavy to come up those steps. <laughs> and, and the young dude rolls in with a three-ring binder and doesn't have his phone out. You're, you're just uh, – and, and I've noticed this when we talk. You, you, are, uh, you are old school. Yeah. I, uh, I like mapping stuff out. Like, I don't know. I like writing not typing like I love lists you go through these pages and there's a bunch of lists but um but yeah I'm more of a very physical type of person it's cool and 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 so I am as well but I I mix and match and and I do the bullet journals yeah um and and have for years and I also find that when I write stuff I remember it and when I type something I may or may not remember it. I don't know if you find that at all. Um, I usually, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'll make a thought, but I won't write it down. I'm not good at writing it down. But I'll see something, and my chain of thought just goes everywhere. But I know personally that it'll land on the one note that I made earlier. So I'll be looking at something, and I'll be like, oh, I have to do this. So I kind of keep track of stuff like that. I feel like that'll be a problem when college rolls around. When, when you, well, yeah, when you have all the other stimuli, yeah. that, that'll be a problem to remember what you needed to come back. Yeah. yeah, but I'll I'll use the planner. They give us a planner, free planner, which is nice. So I'll probably end up using that. And if not, I'll probably make my own little graph or whatever on here on the journal, which is usually what happens. But do you? Uh, so so I'm particular. So I don't I don't like what I'm using here, but I took this to a conference recently because I wanted a bigger page. So I, I like uh, grid paper to write on. Are you that particular at can't all? can't do that. It's got to be college ruled, not really? wide ruled. Yeah. I, I can't do wide ruled. The, the lines are just too fat. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I, you yeah, know, everybody's but, different. So, but so. even like for math class, I use graph paper for math class. I'll rarely use that. Like I'll use just lined college ruled paper for everything. It huh. seems like, and on uh, my iPad that I take notes on, 
I'll make it lined so that I know that it'll just be and, sort of organized. Yeah, until the apps it. I use, I, I use the grid paper yeah. template. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Good deal. So so let's talk about uh, your first stop and, uh, and uh, what you saw. Oh, yeah. So our first stop was the Corn Palace in Mitchell, South Dakota. It was, I'm not going to say disappointing, but it was, I don't I was expecting like a, museum because i just heard like corn palace but you show up you park you walk in and it's just this stadium like a little small stadium with a gym floor in it and a stage so they host events there and i was like oh okay but before we even walk into the stadium part there's like a a tractor so i was like okay so maybe this is sort of like a museum it's not but it was really neat because when you walk in the stadium there's walls made of the corn which is why they're sort of popular uh because they make the walls out of the different shades of corn and it's really neat because it's more like a a mosaic type deal and they have like this little gift shop set up on the arena floor and it was really neat like i bought a little shuck of corn keychain um Went outside and I snapped a picture of this old guy on a scooter, which was just humoring to me because you see old guys on scooters and it's just funny, like whatever. But What kind of scooter? It was a moped. Yeah. Is that a brand? Um, I think that's like Coke and Pepsi. You just call it Coke. So, yeah. yeah. Just a yeah, moped. But... Um, so if you saw like an old guy on a one wheel, that you'd you'd chuckle at that too, right? I would, I would very much so. Any older generation using new tech is funny to me. Thanks. It Thanks. is. <laughs> the only reason I don't but have a one wheel. All not, the all the cool people I follow have one wheels. You're not my grandparents' age. This old guy, like he was my grandparents' was, age, and he, he was, was wearing those blacked out like glasses that covered the edges of your eyes too. Oh, okay. So it was. <laughs> It was hilarious. No, it was worse than that. Like those, he was wearing like these blacked out Ray Charles almost goggles, and so so you just called <laughs> you just called my my sunglasses bad. Cause, no, because they're worse than that. You know these are these are Costas. So oh know, yeah, like, I found a I found a pair of Costas when I was working at a country club. Somebody left them there, and I sat them in the windowsill for like three or four days. So. If you're going to be back, here's your chance, but nobody ever come back. So so now you wear Costas. I do, but I dropped them when I was working one day, and now there's a big crack down one of the middle of the lenses, but I was like, these glasses are too good to just not use, so I just wear them, and they have a big crack in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's It All works. Right. All right, so we've we've established that you think uh, old people using newer tech is amusing. So, all right, yeah. <laughs> good deal. But younger people using come, old come, tech would coming, be... Coming from the guy that walked in <laughs> with a green three-ring binder. Right. <laughs> not but, not even a Moleskine or, or, or uh, a Field Notes, but a, a three-ring binder. Yeah. And so you like the big size over a smaller uh, notebook as well? Uh, yeah, like the cute little journals or little notepads that you'll see at Barnes and Noble. I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, that's really cool. Like it matches the aesthetic of Barnes and Noble, but you take it out to the regular world and it's like, oh, it's not what they advertised. So 
doesn't really fit in. These journals fit in for me, right. and, I, and I like them that way. They're sort of old. You can kind of, like, roll them up, stick them somewhere, and it doesn't bother me if, like, the edges get all messed up and whatever, but I like it that way. But right. anyways, we stopped in Mitchell, and after that, I don't know if we... Your trip was two weeks, so this podcast episode might be five episodes at the rate <laughs> we're going. Um, I don't know if – I can't remember if Mitchell is west of Sioux Falls or not. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I think we went through Sioux Falls. Can you look that up in your, your notepad or, uh, or is, is yeah, that – Yeah, you can look uh, it up. You can look it up. But – I think or it is. is that something you'd have to have a technology like a computer for <laughs> to yeah, you uh, can do that. Uh, look up? Um, but we stopped at this rest area and talked to these two people, um, Jerry and Gary. And Jerry was a woman. Gary was a man. And they were sort of older. And they were native South Dakotans. And... It was really cool because you can kind of hear the way that they sound. And oh, you can. Yeah. It was it was really cool. And I have a friend in uh, Pierre, South Dakota. Yeah. And uh, and whenever he has a um, problem on his phone or something, I'll I'll be like uh, uh, giving him a hard time about being out there on the prairie and <laughs> nothing working yeah. and, and, and such. But he he has a distinct. Uh, Almost Canadian kind of. And so we were talking to one of them, and it, would see, it seems like they're more plain in their expressions. So me being from around here, I would say something and, and sort of expect like a certain reaction, like in the general area of a reaction. And I just wouldn't get it. And I was like, okay. I, and it would just sort of throw me off a little bit, but we talked to them. They gave us some maps, told us what to do, what to see, yada, yada. So we went to the corn palace and then we stopped in Sioux Falls, by the way, is east of uh, right. Mitchell. So I think we skipped out on Sioux Falls. There's a lot of stuff to do there, but we just skipped it. Um, trying to think. We went to Mitchell, and after that, we stopped for some sleep in Gillette, South Dakota, I think. And then the day after that, we... Excuse me. We went. Looks like you'd been heading towards uh, Nebraska. Oh, yeah. So before we got to South Dakota, we were driving through Iowa. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Mom, why don't we just take a scenic route? Because there was one on the map along the very edge of Nebraska. I can't remember what the highway number is, but. We took that route and it was kind of worth it because we stopped at this antique store and I collect vinyl. I don't know if I told you that, but that's one of my things. Like I just like records a lot and not the ones that you get on Amazon and buy. Um, 
not newer ones either. I kind of like older stuff. And we stopped in, and it was these two buildings sort of combined via a wooden, creaky old door on the inside. And one half was an old car shop like this. And I don't even know much about cars, but I just like the look of them. So I walked in and checked that out. But so that was in Iowa. That was in or it was in Nebraska on the scenic. I think it was in Iowa. It was before. Yeah, it was before we crossed the bridge into Nebraska. Um, so that was in Iowa in the middle of a field. And we stopped and I found some records. So so you were in Iowa before you were in um, South Dakota and then South Dakota would have taken you to Montana. So um, those states don't connect. Wait. Wait, Iowa, Iowa oh, connects? I, no, yeah. Well, Iowa yes. connects to South Dakota, right? Yeah, Nebraska, You, if you were coming south, yeah. I see what you're saying. You all came up. So we went through Iowa and then... And then instead of going... Instead of going north, we went towards, more west. You went to west Nebraska. towards Nebraska. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I see. Yes. So we stopped at that antique store in Iowa. I found some records. Uh, one of them was Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Outstanding album. I found it in there and it was an original pressing, which I didn't know at the time, but I was so stoked to find it because it's number one on Rolling Stones, 500 greatest albums of all time. And. I was like, oh my gosh, I found it. So I found that one and a copy of Led Zeppelin 4, which was also really cool. So I picked those up. Did you see me twitch when you said Led Zeppelin 4? No. Do you um, not like Led Zeppelin? I would like to like Led Zeppelin, but uh, it's funny. My uh, college roommate and I, we get together periodically. Uh, his mom passed away recently, and so I went and hung out with him a little bit. And uh, we were talking with his son, who I guess is uh, late 30s, maybe 40 now. And um, I was like, yeah, I still have uh, um, a twitch and reactions every time I hear Zeppelin. Because uh, every night when we went to bed, uh, Mike had to play that album on <laughs> our stereo. And that's what we went to sleep with. And so, um, I wouldn't say that it's their best album. I would say uh, probably Led Zeppelin II is their best. So, I just would show you that you can page through that. That is, uh, that's a playlist I put together, and, and uh, you'll see uh, a lot of uh, is this a metal Marvin phone in case? there. What's that? Is this a metal phone case? That's a metal phone case for um, external uh, um, camera accessories. Gotcha. So, all right. So, there um, it is. What's going on? Yep. But yeah. So, so what else did you get at the records or at the, um, the place? I got those two copies, and then I don't. I found a Joe Cocker album, mm -hmm. and I really don't know anything about Joe Cocker, but I really like the sound of his voice because I've heard he's very unique, feeling all right you know, however many hundreds of times from every movie about the 60s or 70s. But um, I found that, and that was about it. Maybe a postcard or two. I like and, and all too. these albums are uh, first run. So, so so the 
the Marvin Gaye one and the Joe Cocker one were original pressings, and okay. the Led Zeppelin four wasn't, unfortunately. But it was really cool, and I got to talking to more locals in Iowa about that store, and they'd been set up for 35 years. Like, they had celebrated their anniversary a month or two before we got there, which was really neat. But we left there and took that scenic route in Nebraska, hit Mitchell, slept in Gillette, and then I don't know if it was the next day. It would have been. Um, yeah, I think it was the very next day that we headed more west and hit Crazy Horse, um, Mount Rushmore, Custer State Park, Wind Cave National Park. Um, and I think there was another thing in there. Maybe not. Did you all make it into Sturgis? Yes. That's where we slept? No, we slept in Spearfish. Okay. And A little bit north of Sturgis. Yes. And then we hit Sturgis and then Deadwood the day after that. Okay. Um, Sturgis was really cool. <clears throat> they have a big bike rally there every year, which I didn't know. Mom was explaining to me, which was really neat. But you cruise into town, and they have these buildings that say, Welcome Bikers, and the whole vibe, and it was really neat. Um, yeah, the town goes from a really small town to a huge, huge, probably, I guess, the biggest town in South <laughs> Dakota. Yeah. Um, we checked that out. Then we cruised on into Deadwood, which was really neat. It was more of like a minor pigeon forge, sort of like. I sort of liked it, but I was expecting a little bit more older vibe and less gift right. stores, souvenir um, I think that's hard nowadays that everybody needs to yeah. make money and and outside all the national parks are yeah. are kind of like pigeon forges. Yep, it seems that way. Um, but the one place in Deadwood that was super, super cool that didn't really seem like a souvenir shop was the brothel museum. So it was this sort of sort of like you would see in Owenton, like those apartment doors that are just crammed in between stores. Mm-hmm. And you walk straight up the steps, and you open the door, the bell rings, and it's just like nude paintings, like BDSM-type stuff in certain rooms. And it was just super, super weird because it imme- it immediately made me think of the opening scene in Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, like we're in that movie right now. And we walked around, and there was a tour going on. And the lady was putting on like some sort of act, which was really neat, as like a uh, prostitute herself. So it was more like a, I don't know, Dixie Stampede, but not really. Um, <laughs> it was, it was the cool. day of food you had to eat with your hands in the Dixie <laughs> Stampede, and then the place you have to eat with your hands as well. Uh, I think, yeah, they serve like these little, um, I forget what they're called, like chickens, but not. They're smaller. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, they serve those and whatever. But, uh, yeah, the brothel place was really, really neat. And we talked to one of the guys, and he gave us sort of like a mini tour without us having to pay anything. He was just sort of excited. I don't want to say excited because given the circumstances, but. But you did. (laughs) Yeah. So now we have to add the explicit tab. (laughs) tag to the podcast because you talked about a guy getting excited in the brothel tour all right he, he was excited Thanks, to man. give us a tour and he was really really cool and then we left there 
and sort of just stopped in the shops and did our little thing. Um, backtracking a little bit and at a uh, crazy horse. That monument isn't even finished yet, but it is awesome. So we pay like 10 or 15 bucks a person to get on this bus for a little tour. It was really neat, but we do that and they take us right up to the base and you can see like all the construction stuff that they're still doing and what they do every day. And of course they give you history. So this guy, I forget his name. It was some Russian something, something, but he was American. And then he, I think, I think it was American and he got drafted to go fight in world war two. And he did that. Then he came back and of course he did all of this sculpting and artistry and all that stuff during the war and before like that was his, that was his thing and he came back and that's what he wanted to do he wanted to do the crazy horse thing so he teamed up with chief um gosh i don't want to butcher it because i don't want to sound offensive but it was like strong strong hand strong arm it was like Chief Jeff Strong, Strongfoot, maybe? Something like that. But he teamed up. It was this Native American chief. We'll put it in the show notes. And um, the sculptor guy. And so they teamed up and picked out a mountain in the Black Hills. And they settled on what they settled on. <clears throat> and it, I think there was something about money. Um, maybe not. He had to purchase it for a dollar or something like that. Or maybe he accepted a dollar because um, the U.S. government heard about it. And, of course, they butted in, as they usually do, and wanted to seize control about uh, the Crazy Horse Monument. And so the sculptor was like, no, like, I don't want your money. I want it to be between us, like the family and the Native Americans that were involved in yada yada. And he kept it that way. So after all these attempts of the, go of the government after, after offering him like $10 million two times, two or three times, he still declined and just kept going to town on his little one inch rope that he, ha that he hung from the top of the mountain, just chiseling away. So he would paint with this bucket of paint. He would be suspended by the rope, have a bucket of paint, have one of those wide brushes and paint the spots just hanging. He didn't even care about <laughs> holding onto the rope. He had the paint and the paintbrush and he would paint out. And so he would radio down to his wife who was on the ground and she would tell him, paint here, paint there, go a little bit, t two feet left. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. But he would mark it out and then go back up, get settled, yada, yada, go back down, chisel it out, whatever. But he... I lost my train of thought. He kept at this monument for X amount of years and laid all of his plans out and did his whole shebang. And his family was there with him along the way. And when he died, the family just sort of like picked it right back up like that because he had been so thorough in his planning and he knew what he wanted and how to do it. And they just went from there. So... They have the face and the top of the arm. So the, it's sort of him mounted on this horse pointing. 
so you can see sort of like that the rough um, sketching rough sculpting of his forefinger pointing in a certain direction and the hair where the hair is going to go Mount Rushmore can fit in his hair alone really yes so the heads are like 60 feet tall I think on, on Mount Rushmore so 60 feet tall by however wide it is can just fit in his mane of hair so we went and saw Crazy Horse and then we went and saw Mount Rushmore and it felt like Mount Rushmore was just I'm not going to say disappointing because it's not but it was underwhelming yeah compared to the the scale and yes. scope yeah and it and it's not even finished yet so we took the tour we got to see the sculptor um or the, the sculpted part of the sculpture and we went back to the little museum part that they have and it was really neat like you learned a little bit more about the history and who was involved and they had pictures and what you saw them doing and yeah yeah it looks like uh, when it's completed, it'll be the second largest uh, statue in the world. Really? Next to uh, to one in uh, India, the Statue of Unity in India. Huh. So it's kind of a big deal. I'm curious to see <clears throat> where the uh, Christ the Redeemer is on that list. Because that's a big statue, I think. Yeah, I don't know. This this uh, this is just the crazy horse. But uh, gotcha. yeah, it'd be interesting. It, it is massive. It's massive. And... You can't even really see the resemblance of where the horse's head is going to go, but you go back to the the little museum area that they have, and they have all sorts of models that you can see, and the horse's head it looks like a like a bishop on a chessboard, and it look or a, it's, yeah it's a bishop right on a chessboard yeah, so it looks like one of those but cooler, really 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 cool and. They, they go by 10-year uh, little segments. So they're, they completed one or two 10-year segments already, and that's all that they have done in that picture. And they're in their second year of their second or third 10-year plan. And it's really neat because I personally plan on going back like every 10 years just to sort of see it because it was miraculous when we – saw it for the first time right so right. each time you go back it probably won't even be finished by the time i die but it, it'll be really cool to just see the progress like going back and so i know you you and your mom both took uh iphone pictures but i, I think i noticed on a few uh, of the her pictures that you uh you had a uh digital camera with you as well yeah so so, so you took some pictures with that yeah i used her digital camera she does I don't know if she photographs as much anymore, but I kind of hijacked it for the trip, and I was just snapping everything. Um, she was more of the iPhone uh, camera person. But that would be nice to have uh, those pictures. You had a little bit of a zoom lens with it, it looked like. And, yeah. And kind of if you go back 10 years from now and 10 years from that, kind of compare what everything looks like. Yeah. So a couple of days ago, I took the SD card out of the camera and put it in one of those machines at Walmart that mm -hmm. you can just print your photos out in an hour and go pick them up. And it was really nice because it was 12 cents a photo. Sure. And I paid, paid like 30 bucks for all the photos that I wanted. And it was really nice because 
in my mind, I was comparing that because I went on this film photography kick for a little bit because I wanted to do film photography, but I never really got there because it's so expensive and there's so much processing that not a whole lot of people do anymore. And I was like, I just really respected the nostalgia of it. But when I got the prints back from the digital camera, I was like, oh, like these are better than I was expecting. And so it was nice because you had to skip all the the liquid mixing and shaking back and forth and hanging and scanning and all that good stuff. But it was really neat because in that experiment, you sort of realized the gap between digital and more manual type stuff. Yeah. And, and there, uh, I follow a lot of people, a lot of creatives online and there's a few of them that, that still do some of the, the manual processing and film processing and, and, and such, but, but they can't, they do it for a special thing. They, it, it's not uh, it's not functional every day. Right. Uh, photography, videography, any of those sorts of things, you can't you can't go back and do it the old way, and and be near as a, as um, effective and and grab the things that you can grab today. And with digital, you know, you have you have so many ways, depending on what kind of tool set you're using, to improve right. upon those. Um, your your phone is doesn't have the zoom that that the dslr you were using has but uh um the computational photography that's possible today in in cameras is just amazing that yeah. you can't can't get to um and i assume you're going to back those pictures up on icloud or something as well uh i haven't really gotten to that yet i hadn't really thought about it um you probably should because those cards have a high uh failure rate oh Okay. Really, then I'll do that. <laughs> really high failure. Rate. Okay. Then yep. I'll probably get to that. My, uh, my dash cam uh, card has failed, and that's the I don't know fourth or fifth card, and and I buy the high end cards. They yeah. they just over time you 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 move them in and out, you pull them out to drop them at the you know at, at Walgreens or someplace to, yeah. to print and just the wear and tear and and all that they're they're um, they're not great places to to store for long periods of time right but of course I do have the actual prints now which is sort of nice so we'll always have those I feel like my grandma because she loves collecting pictures over the years and she'll have like those little paper envelopes that they put the pictures in and she'll have just hundreds of them it seems like maybe not hundreds but dozens for sure and it it's ridiculous really but in going back you see pictures of like my dad and my aunt and uncle and my grandpa and what they all did but in the different formats so more of like a not exactly a polaroid but more like the dimensions of a polaroid right and like you have these little short prints that you would put in a wallet or a little collage or something like that but it's really neat what she does. But, of course, we have all those prints from the trip. After we did this South Dakota thing, we went on to... I don't think we ever entered Montana, but we went to Wyoming right after that, I think. Because we hit... Oh, we hit Badlands. I forgot to mention, uh, mentioning Badlands. We went to Badlands National Park. Okay. Um, we did that right after Mitchell. 
or Gillette Wall 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 was where we stayed in South Dakota. I don't think we stayed in Gillette. I think we drove through Gillette and we used it as a landmark. I lied. Okay. But Wall is really close to it, I think. But the big thing in Wall is the drugstore and um, how nostalgic that is and what all they did and yada yada. But we stayed there. Um, Badlands, we did that. Those were really, really cool. Like all these rock spires out in the middle of a prairie. It was super, super, super neat. I would recommend that to anybody. Um, did that after that. Wyoming. You made it into Yellowstone, right? We did. Um, we stayed in Cody Yep. the night before we went to Yellowstone. We didn't hit up a rodeo because we just sort of really missed that, unfortunately. But from a couple of mom's friends on Facebook, um, it's pretty neat, the rodeo that they do. So I was kind of sad that, that we didn't get to that, but it is what it is. But There's a rodeo here in two weeks you can come see. Really? There is. Well, Just down the street. I might, I might have to tell mom. I, uh, I bet I can get you tickets. <laughs> okay. Uh, since, uh, wait, since you said two weeks? It's uh, not this weekend. It's not this weekend, but the following. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll I'll be, be gone. gone. All right. Yeah, unfortunately. Dang. I want to see a rodeo, though. That'd be really cool. But, well, this is an annual thing, so you can come okay. back next year. Yeah. But um, went through Cody, uh, hit up Yellowstone. Oh, my gosh. I feel like anything I'd say would be an understatement. Like, to call it beautiful is just an understatement, I feel like. It was otherworldly because you walk in there and they have the, the Norris geyser um park norris geyser something something but part of the part of the park and you just walk down the walkway and there are just these like got geysers are the sulfur ones right yeah yeah so they have all these geysers just everywhere and it looks like like a rendition of hell almost but beautiful and it was really weird because it's barren and it stinks so bad but you're walking around and you see like these little puddles of murkiness but there's like have you seen annihilation no um the natalie portman movie mm. um i know what it is i haven't seen it it's like this i have a picture um it reminded me of that because it was like really murky but really green on top and it was just really neat like really neat bits of nature like that that you can sort of capture but not really on a camera but that was cool and then the mammoth hot springs holy cow those things were nuts and so you all were visiting yellowstone after it reopened from the flooding right yeah were you able to see any of that uh and no, back to the park not really so lamar valley which is where all the wildlife is apparently was sort of closed off to the general public um they're still rebuilding the roads and everything, but north entrance was closed, but all the entrances were open except, yeah, for the north one. But they went off of the license plate system the day before that we got there. Um, so they were doing like that on even days. Use the last digit of your license plate to get in if it's even and odd days are the same. But they quit with that system the day before we got there, which was nice. 
and we went in and made a couple days out of it, honestly, because there was just so much to see. Um, the Grand Prismatic Spring, that was, wow, like, the smoke even has a, a color to it. Color to it, It yeah. was like this blue, I have a picture, and this, the steam, smoke, whatever, was just blue, and it was crazy, because there's just so much color in that spring, and it, it's awesome. And so the bacteria actually give it that color, which I didn't know. I thought it was some, some mineral, but I mean, I'm sure it is some mineral, but the bacteria love the, uh, the acidity and the warmth of that spring. So we were walking on the path of the Grand Prismatic Spring, and Mom was like, I wonder how hot the water is. And I was like, I don't know. And so she was like, just kneel down there and touch it. So I got down on my knee and I reached over the little boardwalk there. And before I even touched it, it shocked me. Like it, it gave me a zap. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to touch it now. So I yanked my hand back and I was like, ow, mom, that, that just zapped me. And so we went to the little title card about the spring and it was like, so the water is conductive. I'm assuming because of all the minerals and mm-hmm, bacteria right. that are in it. I was like, that is really interesting. And I was like, mom, that's why I got shocked. And it was really funny because I don't even know how hot the water was. And I got to reading some of the water has uh, like a pH level of one to three. So that would have sucked and really irritated my hand. Yes. So I was sort of glad that glad, it's happening. Glad you didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, it was... It was cool, and trying to think. We saw some wolves, which is really cool. Saw a couple wolves in a valley, a couple bears, some elk. Um, But, yeah. How how were the crowds? Uh, Some of the crowds weren't too bad. The one at Old Faithful was, of course, ridiculous because everybody wants to go watch it erupt or explode or whatever you want to call it. And... It was really neat, though, because we got there a little bit early, and these people just kept coming and coming and coming from the viewing bench area. And then you got to look from where we were. You could look on the backside, and there were hundreds of more people over there. And we've been, we were waiting for, like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes to watch this thing erupt. And it was cool. And the crowds at Mammoth Hot Springs weren't that bad, which is hmm. really cool because... There's a spring in Mammoth that is sort of like a like a beta to Grand Prismatic, which is really neat. But um, but yeah, Yellowstone was really cool. Um, so um, so Colby, I'm really enjoying the conversation. It was a two week trip, and I think it's probably going to take us two weeks to get through all the stops. Yeah. So I think what we'll do now is we'll uh, we'll end this episode, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll we'll do some future episodes for the uh, rest of your trip. So uh, I appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. I know Thank we have a list me. of other things you and I want to talk about. We have we have all these these cool <laughs> interests that kind of cross paths. Yeah. Um, so um, where can people find you online? Uh, I would say Instagram, uh, Colby dot Faulkner. That's it. Um, I don't get on Twitter that much. I I think my Twitter is 
Colby Faulkner 4. Yeah, that's what it is. But I don't even really get on Twitter that much. So Instagram would be the way to go. Um, All right. I, you know, I don't I don't even know if I knew that. Do I follow you? On Twitter? On Instagram. I'm not sure. I'll have to look and see. Yeah. So I appreciate you uh, coming on, and uh, we'll finish up uh, this trip uh, on, uh, on a future episode and, and go from there. Thanks again, man. Absolutely. Thank you.